The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Ladies and gentlemen, happy Wednesday. Welcome back. As always, you are tuning in to Fantasy Beasts and Where to Find Them, the fantasy football podcast. I am your co-host, Mr. Kyle Rainey, joined as always by Gary Hall. Gary, how the hell are you today? I'm, I'm great. Uh, we are really grinding and watching a lot of this film and uh, really trying to find these diamonds in the rough. Absolutely, some dribbling... Old Camp and Pepsi out of my mouth here. Uh, I would like to give a quick shout-out um, to Two Point Conversation and Process in the Process member Brian Finch. Uh, scored us a little bit of some help on our tape uh, hunts this week. Uh, so thank you, Brian, for that. Uh, this entire week, today's episode, which is uh, today at Wednesday, and Friday's episode will be our breakdown of the 2021 draft-eligible running backs. I don't think I can really hold this back, Gary, when I say, what a shit show. Yeah, there was, there's a ton of running backs in this draft. We had about 20-something almost. We, we reviewed 18, and I think I'm confident in saying after the first two, nothing's a guarantee. No, it's pretty wide open. There's some guys that are they got some flashes. There's some guys that... Um, that are heavily talked about, and we just didn't see what the hype is about. But um, we uh, will let you guys know what we think on these guys. Absolutely, we're uh, like we said, going to be a two-pointer here, uh, two-parter here. We're gonna yeah, there's a lot of guys and a lot of talk, a lot to talk. We're about. gonna open it up uh, with nine backs to review on this episode, and nine more next uh, next episode on Friday, and then at the end of that episode, give you our top. 10 rankings, Mm -hmm. but before we jump into this, how about we get to some NFL news around the world, Uh, starting with the earth-shifting trade that came through last week. Carson Wentz, no longer Philadelphia Eagle, no longer the starting quarterback there, has been traded for a third-round pick and a conditional second-round pick that can become a first-rounder to the Indianapolis Colts. Which is probably going to become a first-rounder if he, I believe it was 75% of the snaps, uh, taken as a starter, and I believe it was maybe making the playoffs. So either it or. was it was seventy five percent and not playoffs, or seventy percent and they make the playoffs. Okay, so it's it's highly likely that he's probably gonna. They're probably gonna end up having to send that first round pick over that way. Yeah, it. I mean, not a bad pick, anyways. I I cannot see Wentz having the year he had last year or two years ago, for that matter. Indy and Chris Ballard have done very good at building a team there. Uh, I don't think Carson Wentz was necessarily as bad as his play looked last year. I think he was a victim of circumstance with how poorly Philadelphia was put together. There's there's no real offensive line talent there. Um, the run game was shaky at best, and the receiving core just isn't what they wanted it to be. So with a poor offensive line, a guy who's 
had injuries in the past who isn't 100% in his with the way he used to be in mobility it's gonna you're gonna suffer as a passer absolutely and what's even funnier here we're just gonna stick to the Eagles for a hot minute here um just to kind of prove that they don't know what they're doing they've traded Wentz they received these picks they're going to bring in competition for Jalen Hurts um, Which is usually healthy, but if you're spending a first-round pick on a quarterback... Well, they didn't not, necessarily so. say that. They no, said they're but, open to it, but they're also open to a veteran, which I don't know what that means for sure. Um, that could be anyone from the recently made available Marcus Mariota to Ryan Fitzpatrick to question mark. Yeah, there's tons of guys out there, even Cam Newton. But then on top of that, the biggest issue in the last two years... Philadelphia has not supplied wide receiver talent, and then today, as of recording this, have announced that they've officially re- uh, released Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey. So uh, you've already got a team that's, that's struggling, I get it. They had Travis Fulgham at the end of last year. They had Greg Ward, but neither of those guys are they're guys not, that I think would be starters on most teams. Yeah, they're not number one receivers. They're not game-changing receivers. Um, with... With the guys they're releasing with Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson. I mean, Deshaun Jackson's a little older. Um, I mean, Deshaun, or so is Alshon. Alshon's yeah. 29 or 30. Deshaun's 34, I believe. Yeah, they're a little, little older. Um, you got to think that they're at least their first-round pick, um, unless they're spending a ton of money in free agency. It's going to be a receiver, uh, whether it be, uh, you would think I maybe Waddle at that, Waddle point, at that I point. Believe they, no, I believe the first-round pick is sixth. So they'll have the option between Devonta Smith or Jamar Chase unless Miami jumps on one sooner. Yeah, and it depends what the Jets do as well. Correct. That's the only scenario I feel like it. Philadelphia maybe doesn't go receiver in the first is if Smith and Chase are gone at, yeah, at they, six. They might go offensive line at that point. Do they do that or do they, do they trade down and accumulate picks? If Oops. you trade down a couple to the middle of that round... And you can afford yourself Jalen Waddle, which is a guy we impromptu watched some tape on. Yeah, who impressed us a little bit um, before we started doing our Let's receivers. say you go down to 15 and you collect another second-round pick. I mean, do you feel more comfortable about Jalen Hurts by adding a Jalen Waddle there and now two linemen in the second round? Yeah, I mean, if you have that opportunity to trade down and accumulate more picks and more players, it's a great thing. But it just it's all going to depend on how the draft board falls and what Philadelphia is comfortable doing and we've seen the management there not be the smartest and uh, with signings and drafting recently but you got to think they they should try to at least improve that team somewhat absolutely um i mean moving on though as so much of this offseason already has been the quarterback carousel is real uh the panthers and the broncos are both reportedly in and hot and heavy about deshaun watson yeah, they're in hot and heavy, but uh, the Texans just for don't, reason, want budge. don't want to budge. Uh, it's almost it's almost like they're waiting for a king's ransom. Well, they'll get it. They're going to get Deshaun. it, but I think that they're waiting to see who's going to have the best offer, plus maybe then some. Like you, you think with if it's Denver, you think you're probably going to ask for uh, lockback. At least two picks and maybe a linebacker. Um, I mean, you might get one of those receivers as well. Yeah. Grant said Tim Patrick's an RFA. I don't think they're giving up Judy. Um, no, they should Is KJ Hamler on yeah, the board? I mean, that could be an option. There's there's enough happening in Denver. I think Denver positions I mean, do they go higher. With, 
font. They could say, hey, give us Noah font. Yeah. Um, I mean, and Denver might be comfortable with that just because Denver has a young kid in Albert Okbunwanam from mm-hmm. last year. Say that ten times. Yeah, uh, a lot of people couldn't say it. It was a mess last year. But Okbunwanam, uh was one of those guys who who had high talent, had a good college career, and he was a fourth or fifth rounder for them. Um, I think Denver's position to make a better play and be able to get Watson higher than Carolina, although the rumor is Carolina... The false rumor from this week yeah, it was McCaffrey, was McCaffrey be being included, and that's not happening. There's no. There's well, no did chance. you see what the fault? What what created that? No, I. Somebody took it and ran without, so, without source checking. ESPN released something, and it was their it's like a hypothetical thing. Right? Yes, it was a hypothetical on what you would do. The craziest option, and it said Carolina would put in play three first and McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. It's not a, a real report. It wasn't. Hey, this is what's going to happen. It was a it was a speculative report from a, from a guy. Yeah, I mean, it is going to be tougher for Carolina because they don't have as much like capital capital, and if it's a player, and they're not as close, I think, is Denver. Right, and it's they don't have the players to offer up if it's going to include correct some, some players in that deal. Um, other than McCaffrey, going back to quarterbacks, the Jets are apparently going to hold off. On seeing if they want to trade Sam Darnold until they're done evaluating the 2021 draft class. Okay, well, newsflash, guys, that's coming up quick. So, how long are you yeah, waiting? Um, by now, you should know at least um, who your guys are. You're picking second. You should yeah. know who. You should be thinking. Okay, do we want Wilson or Fields? There shouldn't be much more question. You here. should have known who you wanted in October with how bad that team played. No, no. See, they did, and then they <laughs> won two games. Yeah. <laughs> they they knew who they wanted, and then they shot themselves in the foot. Um, apparently, one-third of the NFL has reached out to Seattle regarding Russ Wilson's availability, and Seattle's putting a price on it. Seattle's calling for three firsts as a starting price for the package. And, I mean, that's actually a pretty good price. Yeah, he's it's worth his, it. <laughs> he's in his prime. Um, he's only 32, I believe. Um, he's MVP caliber, and for the most part, if you're a smart team, no matter who's untouchable, you still want to listen to offers. They could say, he's not available, but we'll start listening at this price. And, and I mean, that's one of those things for that can work both ways as a smart team. If you do this right and you know you're, if you're Indy mm-hmm. and you're one piece away, Indy's had the cap space, they have a lot of good talent and good young talent on that team, why not go to Seattle and go, hey... We'll give you the three first. Yeah, right. Russell Wilson in a Colts jersey, I feel like that's a dynasty in the making. Yeah. Um, it's got at least five years on it. Like, there are teams out there that you could almost will yourself in. I mean, that's one of those things where I almost feel like now after the Lions trade, Detroit could have spun that around and got and sent three first for Russell Wilson. Yeah. Um, doesn't really help the rest of the mess there. But, yeah, I mean, that's an interesting one here. That's something the Bears should probably do. Yeah. Speaking of the Bears, Allen Robinson is open to a Chicago reunion, just says that he hasn't heard from any reps from the team. Another source of Chicago being a mess of a team. Was it him that said he wants to make his money and go to a winning team, or was that? No, Marvin Jones okay. in Detroit said that. Okay, I know. Marvin Jones that. Marvin Jones has said that he's willing to take a discount, but he wants to be paid fairly still with that discount. Yeah. Um, which I think is a thing. Yeah. I mean, look at what Tyrell Williams made. Because uh, of the free agent market a couple years ago when he made $10 million and he just got released two weeks ago. Um, I'm wondering if uh, 
Allen Robinson's waiting for the quarterback situation to play out. Situation to play out, because ultimately that roster's not that bad. It's just there's no good quarterback consistency. Well, at the same time, though, you know Allen Robinson being at his age, you gotta get him the money. Yeah, right. He's he's a, a premier wide receiver in this league. He and I think so many people forget about him because of where he's yeah, been. because of the quarterback play. Um, but going back with that, franchise tag window is going to open. Dak, Kenny Galladay, and Chris Godwin currently are the three names being tossed that are expected to be tagged. However, Dallas is hopeful to get an extension done with Dak before the tag deadline hits. Uh, I think it's going to be very long shotish for Dak to get an extension because they already spurred him twice. Spurred him twice, and not only a month ago they said they weren't even close. And we're planning on tagging him. A month ago, they said flat out they offered him the same the same contract that he declined. Yeah, at the end of last year, when all this See, went on, that's the problem. Like, I don't like to talk down on people, but like Jerry Jones is just not a smart person when it comes to that. I think he is expecting Dak to be like, "Hey, take the hometown discount yes. because we're America's team, buddy. You haven't been relevant since the '90s, so relax." Yeah, I mean, there's nothing much else we can say on that. It's it's not incorrect at all. Um, but I think that's really it on the news cycle this week. Um, Gary, what do you say we get down to some of these these running backs yeah. here? Uh, we're going to go backwards. We're, we're going to build this almost as a wrestling card today. Yeah, there's going to be a main event. Obviously, you guys know who the top couple the backs The top are. two backs, and we'll reach our way to those guys. Um, but we're going to start with a guy who I think built his way up the board. He's a p- bit of a polarizing prospect. Uh, we're going to go with Khalil Herbert to start out at Virginia Tech. Yeah, uh, s- surprised us on film. Um, he comes in at 5'9", at he's 212. He's a bit stocky for a back, but he he plays much faster than that stocky build shows. Yeah, he he looks like, uh, like with that 5'9 build, he kind of gets lost in the, the shuffle a little bit because he's shorter, but very powerful with, with his running style, even though he's quicker. Is it weird to say he almost reminds me of Maurice Jones-Drew? Yeah, you wouldn't that, be wrong. That stocky build, he bounces out and... I think he's he, a little bit um, quicker. Yeah, it, he emerges from the pile. His ball carrier vision was, was phenomenal. Yeah, he likes to... Uh, like, one of the best things about him is they do this, like, zone, outside zone run where they have him kind of uh, look for the outside. But then he plants his foot and then cuts back and just burns everybody. It's kind of pretty. He's really fluid with, with that caught, too. Um I noticed that for, for being as, as tiny as he is, he was really good at pushing the defenders and being able to push yardage out of it. Yeah. He doesn't go down right away. He's tough to tackle one-on-one. I, uh, I We were watching film, and I'm like, I compared him to a mouse. He's just really tiny. when he, He's easy to lose, but he's agile. Yeah, he's very agile. Um, and like I said, he kind of like cuts his, cuts his way and slices his way through the line, and it's really nice to watch. I have him down as a slippery, powerful player. Um, another one of those things I think you might have touched on it slightly. The patience he exhibits. Yeah, he waits wh- for his blocks. He waits for the blocks to develop. He's able to find and scan the line for the correct hole almost upon receiving the ball to his hands. And his the, the, the quick cuts. He keeps his head on a swivel. Yes, the quick cuts allow him to change direction, change pace. There was one run during the Boston College game where it was meant to be a draw. And he saw the line cut and seal the entire D line off, and he bounced it to the outside and gashed like fifteen on, yeah. on what should have been a draw up the gut. 
and even played good against Clemson. He had a touchdown against Clemson. Um, and if teams aren't sold on him being a number one running back or a number two guy, he also returns kicks and punts. Yeah. Um, I think he's one of those guys that's going to quietly come up draft boards. Yeah. Especially given however he did, ends up interviewing at the Combine. But uh, for being one of the last guys we threw on this list, was a real big fan of the Khalil Herbert tape. Yep. Um, going on, though, our second back today. Uh, any last chance you fans out might recognize this name, but we looked into Rakeem the Dream Boyd from Arkansas. Comes in at six foot even, 213 pounds. Um, 2020 was a bit of a down year for him, yeah. rushing for 309 and three touchdowns, but 2019, really, he... He kind of put him on at 1,133 yards and eight touchdowns. I didn't see anything I really loved about him. No, um, even watching him on the show, uh, he has, he gets a slow start sometimes, and when he's got a slow start, he can't seem to get the ball running. Um, the only thing I, I can really say about him is he does follow his blocks well. Um, and... He's, he can catch the ball. I've seen him a couple times. We watched him on film. Um, he was did, a poor blocker, though. Yeah, did wasn't a very good blocker. But he does lower his shoulders into contact, which I like. And um, I think even on the show last chance, you he's had a couple highlight reel hurdles. And against um, Ole Miss, I think it was, he got a nice little hurdle there. So it was pretty cool. Um, but he has stu- he gets stuffed at the line pretty well. Yes, often. I was going to say. I will say, I noticed he didn't have really prolific ball carrier vision. He he had a hard time kind of finding the hole when it would open yeah, for him. It's it's basically get the ball, go. Yes. Um, there wasn't much bounce to it. He looked rather robotic is, is actually a word I mm-hmm. used. You you see him get going, and it oh, he almost runs glitchy like a Madden character. There, mm-hmm. there was nothing really fluid. There was nothing where I went, oh, wow, he's a guy that's going to make somebody miss an open space. He... He was kind of what he was. He's either going to get you for a 7-10 to 10 yard gash, mm-hmm. or he's getting wrapped up at the line and he's going nowhere. There was nothing really pretty in between on I him. can see him getting signed um, as an undrafted and practice squad. Yeah, I don't see him being much of anything special. I think we can move on, though, because yep. neither you nor I was really... Some of these guys, some of these guys towards the back half for us were similar. Um, who do we have next? I have Larry, Larry Roundtree out of Missouri. Um, I think the touchdown numbers really what popped for him this year. Or, I think it was this year, yeah. 5'10", 210 pounds, 209 carries, 972 yards on the ground, and 14 touchdowns. It's a lot of touchdowns, um... But I, th- I don't think we had a lot of film on him. No, it was kind of tough towards the back half. Some of these running backs had, had very limited film. Yeah, it was like two or three minutes of film, and um, it was less than ten plays each. He wasn't super quick to the edge, I noticed. He lowered his shoulders to contact quite often, and yeah. he banged through. Um, and he'll work for the extra yardage. But it, it's he had those slow legs. When you got him with some open field, it seemed like he could turn the burners on. Yeah. But he needs the yardage to be able to do that first. Yeah, that, it, that's kind of how I... like compare uh what derrick henry does he's he usually is hit that hole and he's free Uh, which is a good thing for someone like that but he's not as athletic as derrick henry no not even close um the only thing he was good at is he had a couple good spin moves yes out of tackles that's exactly what i have here he spins out of the arm tackle a lot so if you're going to try to bring him down with a simple arm tackle it's probably not going to work uh he was an average pass catcher yeah, and he he seems like again once he hits the open field he has the speed to be dangerous, 
but you got to get him there first. Yeah, I have him down against Georgia. Is not very electric, but still a solid runner. Um, very well balanced in his running and pass catching abilities, but isn't going to be like a, a game changer. Yes, he'll be. He's got a chance to be maybe a change of pace back or a, a third running back on the death chart kind of guy. I would agree with that. Um, not much more. I think we need a break though on him. Uh, another guy that, if anything, this would be like a sixth, seventh round guy. Yeah. Maybe, maybe your undrafted variety. I think um, it's going to be tough for a lot of these running backs to get drafted with how deep this receiver class is. Yes. And how many teams need offensive line help. This is someone who is who's interesting to me. Kylan Hill, last year at Mississippi State, really was his big big year. 242 yard or carries, 1,350 yards for 10 touchdowns. Um, made headlines this year as he sat out the season for social equality slash social justice um, in a in a argument with the state asking for Mississippi to change their flag. Um, he seemed more like a gadget tool to me. Yeah, we only really had one game of tape on him. Yeah, it was against LSU. The speed looked average. His he was a poor blocker. He's he's got the ability to be a receiving back. But he was consistently beaten pass pro. His head always seemed like it was kind of never on a swivel. He yeah. wasn't very aware of his surroundings. He got overpowered a couple times, especially against LSU's defense. Um, and then I noticed that he easily gets tackled a lot. Like, he doesn't he doesn't have that breaking tackle ability. Yeah, um, and I, I definitely have that he he tended to look like he got lost on tape often. Yeah. He I, hit the wrong hole. Yeah. That sounds wrong. I <laughs> I noted that I in my notes here it says not great at reading the field, so we kind of got the same. Yeah, thing. it's and it's nice because like the first couple we had, Gary and I were bouncing a lot of stuff off each other, and we, we knew we were on the same page. But yeah, we don't really compare notes until we just say, "Hey, I noticed this," but we yeah. don't actually compare notes till we get on the. Yeah, so I, I I don't know if it was a lack of our tape, and I've seen Kylan Hill as high as four in some on some sites. Um, he, he quite honestly, it's, it's another guy that really didn't do anything for me on tape that jumped off the paper. Yeah. Um, his, his yardage two years ago was great, but again, you, you take a whole year off, mm-hmm. teams are going to question what you're doing with that. Yeah, right. And it, that's one of another reasons he might slip is because, oh, well, you took the year off, there's not tape on you. Are you in shape for this season? Speaking of taking part of a year off, one of my personal favorite running backs of the uh, draft class. Uh, we've got Chuba Hubbard here. Uh, a guy who this this season didn't really do a whole bunch of, of anything. His numbers, when you realize he only played five games, look pretty good. Yeah, did um, he get hurt in the back half? He got hurt in the last two of... He played seven games, I want to say it was. His numbers came in the first five. He got hurt in the sixth game. Came in for a bit in the seventh, I believe, and mm-hmm. then decided to hang up the cleats for the season to yeah. focus on the draft. Um, he's six foot even, 208 pounds, Canadian running back. Um, this season stats, 133 attempts for 625 and five touchdowns. The real numbers here, last year, in the Heisman race, 328 carries, 2,094 yards and 21 rushing touchdowns. He was a machine last year. Yeah, I mean, the, those numbers especially jump out. Um this year, having only five games under his belt, and uh, how many games do they play in the usually in a season? Is it? I think it's at least ten. At least ten. So, 
let's say he kept on pace for the similar yardage he would have had, like 13, 1,400 yards. So not still not bad for this season if he would have kept that pace. And who knows, he could have had a couple breakout games. But I think this guy's going to be a solid running back. I think he could be a running back one. Maybe not off the bat, but uh, starting off as a running back two in a rotation. But I think he could be a guy that um, ends up being a very good weapon for uh, a solid running team. Um, I have that he fights for yards well. He's very patient, and he can read the field very well. Um, he's a he's a kind of runner that can run outside or between the tackles. It's not going to matter. He doesn't need to have to bounce it outside. He can he can slice through the uh, uh, blocks very well. Um, and I did notice he's not that bad at pass blocking. He's a very good chop blocker um, when there's a rushing linebacker or cornerback coming in for the quarterback. Um, not too involved as a pass catcher, though. Yeah, he he definitely he never really showed the, the chops as, as a pass catcher, at least in the Tulsa game we watched. His patience behind the line, though, that he exhibited was, was incredible. Uh, he's got quick feet, and they don't really stop when he's no. even looking and scanning for that hole. He, he always falls forward. Um, I will agree with what you had said. He's he's an adequate pass blocker. He's okay. going to fill in, um, but I don't think he's ever going to be the best pass blocker. No, but he did a couple good chop blocks. But he is violently fast as a runner, too. Yes. He gets going, and... He explodes off yes. the blocks. Um I, I had, again, and, and I wrote it, I think, four times in two games. His patience really was just incredible. Because you'd watch this guy, he gets his legs going, and all of a sudden he he gets that one cut through the hole, and he is gone for 50. Yeah, I hit uh, against TCU, I have him as he's got that second-gear getaway speed. Yes, yes. Um, I, I called it breakaway speed, but similar on that. He, he does fall forward for yards, too. Mm-hmm. When you hit him, he's not going to stand up and get pushed backwards and bullied. He's going to fall forward with you. I think he's a very well-rounded back. Yes. He's not... He's, not, he, he's like a jack-of-all-trades. He's not like the perfect back, but he doesn't have too much weakness. Um, I'm going to see if I can pull this here. His receiving this year... His receiving this year, he only had eight catches for, 50, for 52 yards. Um... Last year, his big year, he had 23 for 198. So he averaged about two catches a game. Um, honestly, reminiscent of like Derrick Henry. Derrick yeah. Henry's only going to get one, two catches a game, if that. They might, They and who knows, because, I mean, obviously we don't watch every single team and every single play. They might have a pass catching back that they like to use, so. But, uh. He does, He. I'm sure he has their ability. I think we saw a couple catches on. Yeah. Chuba Hubbard. Someone I'm high on. Yep. Really, really like the kid. Uh, pro- progressing. We are at Trey Sermon. Oh, boy. Trey Sermon. This one's, what to say about Trey Sermon. This one's a tough one. Um, I think we watched some of his early film against Penn State. And when Penn State, um, they like to stack the box against Ohio State. And Trey Sermon could not get going. And... His first few games were very His, slow starts. So Trey Sermon's first four games this season, he was under seventy yards per game in all four. Mm-hmm. Then his next three, he almost went for two hundred plus in all three games, including the Clemson game. Uh, I believe it's the Sugar Bowl, the yeah. the um, playoff game. 
and then he got banged up the first play, and he is entering the draft with a pre-existing collarbone injury. Um, he wasn't very good in pass protection. No, not at all. He definitely had the slow start to the season. Like I said, zero touchdowns under 75 yards per game in the first four. Like, he had no touchdowns. Yeah. Um, and it's not like he wasn't getting carries. He just wasn't breaking yeah. those. And in the Penn State game, nothing screamed out, hey, I'm special at this. Right. He looked like an average running back. He almost reminded me of Chris Beanie Wells, mm-hmm. the guy who had all this promise out of Ohio State and amounted to next to nothing in the pros. But then you go on and watch the Clemson game, and he played much faster against Clemson. He had a great line push from mm-hmm. Clemson or from from Ohio State in that game. Um, his play actions looked clean. Uh, being able to even just fake it, and he got he really he got hot in that three game playoff run. Yeah, um, and I mean, I guess that's something you would want from a player is you can play in big games. You don't have to worry about the lights and the spotlight, um, but. The NFL is a, it's going to be a 17-game season, I think. That's what they're working towards, yes. So, 17-game season, and your first four games are slow starts. Sounds like Derrick Henry. Yeah, I mean, it's a little concerning, especially if you are a team that likes to run the ball. If you're uh, if you're a team like Kansas City, where it's like, all right, we don't give a shit, uh, we're going to throw the ball no matter what, and you're going to get maybe 10 carries. But uh, it's just tough because... He's got potential, but if he has those slow starts, he's not going to have a long career. Correct. Um, I will say he's he's is athletic, um, and his pass catching ability is pretty good. Um, but he only really runs well when there's good blockings, and um, I think he's going to benefit from a good O line. I don't think he's going to. I don't think he's going to make a team. It's going to be him as a piece in an offense. Yeah, uh, I, again, nothing special to me. I don't even think I'd have him as a top 10 back. I think he's going to be a fit six-round pick. He's going to have a chance to make a team as a low-end guy, but I don't really see him being a difference maker out of the gates. What do we got? Next running back. Oh, hoo, hoo. this is a guy I'm a fan of. I'm going to verify here. I believe this is Memphis. Yeah, um, Memphis. We've got Kenneth Gainwell here, a guy who I, I did a little homework into, didn't really realize what made him so special. The first tape, uh, we definitely noticed he does not benefit from his teammates' talent. No, there, there wasn't him. a lot of line around him in in the Temple game. At first, he didn't look very prolific as a runner. He was a great pass catcher, though. Yeah, and not very good at run blocking for his team. I think there was a couple times where he was a lead blocker and just missed the block, but um, he's got a very quick cutback when he yes. runs the ball. Once he gets into the open field, he's tough to bring down. He's shifty, he's jukey, he's he's quick. I have, the only negative I would say about him is he's tiny. Um, What's he... I don't even think I've got his, his I think height. he was like 190 pounds, to be honest, if I remember. So... A lot of what we have here as well, and this is another thing that could that could hurt Gainwell. He didn't play this year. No, did he, he, did he opt out. He opted out of the season. His stats were mainly from last year with a rough team around him, but also in a shared backfield. He outproduced current Redskins and almost Rookie of the Year Antonio Gibson. Mm-hmm. Um, and Gibson saw a lot more receiving than him, but Gainwell was the heart and soul of the running game out of Memphis last year. 
Um, I don't. I gotta get his actual size because I don't know why. ESPN I just know. I just remember it. him being tiny on film, and I think he's like 190 pounds. I want to say he's like 5'9", 190. I could be wrong. He's 5'11", 194. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, as a guy who who was as slippery, slick, everything that he was. We start watching these, and he definitely flashes as a pass catcher. He produced against good competition at, Tem- at Temple. Um, his stats against better teams was good. And then you start getting kind of breaking down like the USF game. His his burst, that first step, and the ability to really push, yeah, he's he, quick. He shoots out of a cannon. Um, again, like you had said, he's, he's kind of weak in the pass, bro. Um, he's going to be... More used as an elusive back. I don't think he's going to ever be. He'll probably be a pass catcher and maybe uh, a change of pace, a screen guy. Yeah, I don't think he's ever going to be a full three down back in the NFL. Right. I think he's going to be someone that benefits from a two headed, three headed monster. Yeah, and um, they used him in a lot of outside zone runs. Correct, and again, like like we had said, he finds a lot of open space and he's slippery. Um, I personally think he can offer a little more in the, in the pros, um, and I think that, that comes a lot to do with seeing how well Antonio Gibson. Converted this year, yeah, and knowing that Gainwell was a better runner in college than Gibson, he's gonna. Ha- I I want to see him get drafted to a team that throws the ball early and often. Yes, maybe that's a nice fit for someone like Jacksonville. Jacksonville, I was even thinking maybe Green Bay. Um, well, yeah, one A one B though. Green Bay, Seattle. especially if they move on from from Jamal Williams, <laughs> would be a nice pick there. Um, but yeah, I I I was a fan of Gainwell. I like his game tape. I like what he seems to bring out there. Uh. Okay, our co-main event. Someone who is warming up here out of two-headed monster before we get to our main running back. Uh, Javante Williams from UNC. Yeah, we were watching, um, I think we were watching him first, Javante Williams. And then we were like, why does his production drop like every other game or like every three games? And we're like, oh, they have two running backs in the top list of running backs. And they're both very opposite running backs. Um, Williams is more of a bruiser. Yeah, Javante Williams is a power guy. He's a he, I have down here that he lays the boomstick. He lays the boomstick, but he's also very patient in being able to follow his blocks and hitting the hole hard. He runs pissed. Yeah, he's a very angry runner. Uh, lowers his shoulder, follows his blockers, um, and he's got a very good stiff arm. He also has a very good ball carrier, carrier vision. Mm-hmm. He made a lot of moves to avoid the hit to put himself in position to be able to pick up that extra three or four yards. Yeah, and he I have him down as a downhill runner. Uh, when he takes that angle outside, he doesn't just try to go straight to the sideline. He kind of takes that angle and gains the yards at the same time. Um, I said I was going to say this on the air. Um, he's got a bit of swagger, as I, I wrote down. He's got some big dick energy to him. Yeah. He hits you in the mouth, and he lets you know that he's the man. Was he the one that had the um, the beanie? It was like a the baby beanie in his mouth as a mouth. No, no, no. No, no, no. I don't believe so. I believe that's... Uh... Someone from next week's episode. Oh, okay. I, I thought... It no, I believe him. that was someone from next week. I believe that might be Oregon State. Okay. Oh, it's your boy from Oregon State. Um, he was another player, though, for being solely used as a strength guy who was dispatched all over the field. Yeah, I mean, he can he basically can do it all. He lined um, up in, as, as, a, as, a, as an outside receiver in a couple. He was running trick plays with the quarterbacks. Um, he's a pass protection guy, and um, and he's eager as a pass protector. Yeah, he looks for work. He we did realize his, his speed is just like meh. Yeah, and but. he lacks that second gear. So like, what you see is what you get, kind of. Um, 
but it doesn't hurt even if he's not going to be that fast. He's got such a powerful push. <coughs> he's got such a powerful push with his line. Yeah. And, and, and the way he can get extra yardage just off leg strength. And he doesn't make the tackles easy. Uh, one guy, it's tough to bring him down. You're going to need to gang tackle him. He's a, he's a very um, just angry dude. I will say a little concern for me did come out of the fact that he was a one-year producer. Mm-hmm. He didn't do a whole bunch any year prior to this past season. Um, <clears throat> and maybe it's a benefit from either his old line play or maybe they gave him more carries. Oh, or Sam Howell as well being a top quarterback. Yeah. But 157 rushes, 1,140 yards, and 19 touchdowns. He had quite a few two- and three-touchdown games this year. Yeah. Um. I mean, 5'10", 220. He's a big dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't necessarily hate it, and I think he's going to be a guy that's probably like a third, fourth round pick. I don't know if I want to jump on him and call him a second, third rounder. Yeah, I'm not too worried about his like early production because a lot of times freshmen, sophomore running backs, usually they don't get it just yet. Yeah. And when you hit that junior, senior year, that's when you start to hit your stride as a running back because you learn the offense and you learn how to run. Um, and you learn to take the big hits that the college boys give you. All right. Um, so, on to our main event. Uh, Sunday, Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Playing on Saturday night out of the Clemson Tigers, we have Travis Etienne. <laughs> uh, Travis Etienne, I mean, he definitely got a benefit out of college yes. playing with Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence and a bunch of good receivers. And it was just such a prolific offense. Mm-hmm. But he does all the little stuff so well. Yeah, he's, he's very um, fundamental. He's fundamental, he's quick, he's athletic, and he makes the plays. He's a very good receiving back. Yeah, he's strong, a strong receiving back. Um, and I wouldn't say Clemson's got a very good offensive line. They're, no, they're, they're, this year was piss poor. Yeah, and he still makes it work. Um not a perfect pass protection guy, but you probably won't make him. He's probably not going to have to do that at the next level. If anything, he's gonna he's probably going to be your every down back, but you're going to bring in a guy who's going to be able to pass protect. And he's a bit undersized, um, 5'10", 205. This year was not his best year. No. But this year obviously wasn't one of Clemson's best years. They had a lot of issues with with COVID, stuff like that. I mean, One thing that we didn't watch, but... Us being Clemson's fans, I noticed when, um, and sometimes he has exchange issues where he awkwardly, Bobbles. yeah, but awkwardly takes the ball and he's fumbled at least two or three times from that. Um, yeah, I mean, the good thing is he has. I don't think he's ever really fumbled it. ESPN's reporting zero fumble. Uh, he had a, he, he fumbled against Notre Dame, but they might have that on the quarterback. They might have that on the quarterback because they're calling zero against him. It was an exchange issue. Um, but regardless, he's he's known for breakaway speed. I mean, his longest runs all four years, 72, 90, 75, 81. Um, as a true freshman, 107 carries, or 107 carries, 766 yards, and, four, and 13 touchdowns. Sophomore year, 204, 1,658 yards, and 24 touchdowns. Uh Last year, his junior year, 207 carries, 1,614 yards, and 19 touchdowns. And this past year, 
a year he didn't necessarily need to go. Everybody kind of thought he was coming out in this past year's NFL draft. Yeah. And he decided to re-enlist, go back to get his degree and be a more complete human. Uh, 168 uh, carries, 914 yards, and 14 touchdowns. Mm -hmm. Um, He's got great ability to hit the hole. He's he's really... He's explosive if he's got... If he's got the block in up front, I want to say one thing that did make me concerned a little. Um, it was easy to read what he was doing, yeah. but at the same time, even with it being something you could read, we picked it up on on tape very quickly. When he's behind Trevor Lawrence in the, in the formation, they're going to give him a, a an outside run. Yeah, um, they have, when he was directly next to him, they were going to run an RPO. They have tells. Um, but I don't know if that's the offense or if that's just the. It's got to be but, the, the way. That and they that's run the thing, the even with it being an offense. You'd think somebody on tape's picking that up, and they still didn't shut them down. Right. So that that I think goes to speak about how good of a player both Lawrence and Etienne are. I think um, the only really really negative thing I have have about him is that if you can catch him, he's going to go down. He's not really a correct fight for yards type of back. You can tackle him with your arms. Yes. He's that is the issue. He's he's not a bruiser. He's not going to run through your your tackles. He's a speed guy. He's a, he, he's going to make you miss. Yep. But. If you get an arm on him, he's most likely yeah. going down. Um, and like we said, mediocre in pass protection. Um, well, I would say that's good. We got through nine. Yeah. Time to do nine more again on um, on Friday. Yeah, we'll talk about nine more, and then we'll talk we'll about We'll give who, you our top ten yeah, list from these guys. Um, Gary, anything else you want to add? Any other football comments? No, I mean, it's just, it's been a... Really cu- rough couple of days. Not, I wouldn't say rough, but busy couple of days for us. Uh, we've been watching film like crazy um, basically all day Sunday, uh, a little bit tonight before we recorded. Just you wait, man. we got 30 receivers for next yeah, week. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, so, I mean, we're getting burnt out. We're happy to keep doing it, though. We hope that our information sounds good to you guys. And until next time, until Friday... You keep looking for those fantasy beasts. We'll tell you exactly where to find them. <laughs>